Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Did you know we release videos every week just for M Plus subscribers? To watch us answering your questions and showing you how to do things, head to the link in the episode description. Hello and welcome to You Beauty. I'm Shazzy Hunt and boy, oh boy, I cannot even begin to tell you how much of a big deal our guest is today. Coming to your ears all the way from the US of A, we are speaking with the one, the only, Claudia Soiree, who you may know better online as Novena. Claudia is president of Anastasia Beverly Hills, which of course was founded by her mother, Anastasia Soiree, who is truly the godmother of brows and an all-round beauty legend. In her role as president, Claudia leads the product creation for both Anastasia Beverly Hills and Novena. What a job. Claudia, we could not be more stoked to have you here today to share all your beauty wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. This is my first podcast, so I, this is major for me. Thank you for having me. I can't believe it's your first podcast. That kind of makes me excited. <laughs> I know. And, and what better person to do it with than you? Let's get into it. I know all our listeners want to hear all your knowledge. They want to know all about your style and how you make you look amazing all the time. We have to start with some of your earliest memories of growing up in and around the beauty industry. You were beauty royalty from the get-go. I'm a cliche LA kid in the sense that I grew up with my mom working in the entertainment industry Clearly, she didn't work in Hollywood, but being a brow artist and a beautician working in Beverly Hills, you were directly connected to the beauty industry. She worked on models, on actresses, on singers, on, you know, pretty much everyone, agents. So not only was I around all of these people all the time, but I was getting to listen to these very kind of unique conversations about the industry, the ins and outs. And it was for me, normal. But now when I reflect back on it, I'm like, that was not normal at all. It was really like a crash course on like what it means to be in Hollywood. It was kind of cool. Is there one incident or one person that really stands out to you from that time? I mean, there's so many cool memories. Like I could literally write a book, but I'll never forget. I was having a birthday party and, you know, it was a bunch of my friends and everyone was there. And then my mom's like, oh, Naomi's coming. And Naomi Campbell literally shows up. And then she's like, we're going to a party. She's like, get in the town car with me. And I'm in the town car in the back seat, like this awkward kid with Naomi Campbell and like another model. This is a real story. And she literally started touching up her makeup. And this is the first time I've ever seen anyone do a contour on their nose. And she was doing it with like a pencil. I don't even know what was happening because I was trying not to stare, but I was so awestruck because I idolized her so much. And we ended up at some like Hollywood party. And then my mom showed up later. It was like the craziest night. And that happened to me a lot. It was cool. <laughs> my jaw is just on the floor. I'll just go pick it up. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it was super cool. <laughs> so for you then, I mean, it's interesting that you shared that memory and it was makeup tied. 
When did you realise that makeup was also your passion, not just because it was the family business, but because it was something you liked as well? I didn't until 2013, believe it or not, just because like it was really big shoes to fill. My mom's an artist. I don't know if you guys know that. My mom's a painter. She did technical design for years and she's just so gifted with her hands. My grandmother is the same. She was a tailor her whole life. She made clothes. She designed clothes. She had an atelier in our house. And I didn't have that gift. So like for a long time, I was so scared that I couldn't live up to like the family talent, the God given talent, you know, because I was like, I can't draw. So therefore I can't do this. So it was like a thing that kind of like held me back for a long time. And then finally, when I started to play with makeup after, you know, kind of earning my stripes and my mom putting me through the ringer and she was like, okay, you're ready to finally do makeup. I went to the lab and I was like, oh, wait a minute, like you can do makeup and you can be a scientist and somebody who understands color and you can really like fuse your creativity and push it out there without having to have the ability to paint. So that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, I love this. This is the coolest thing on earth. I think it's so interesting that even someone like you could feel that way. You have all the absolute backing behind you. It kind of is reassuring that we can all kind of feel maybe I'm not good enough to do this. I mean, you would not know it from the way you present yourself, the way your makeup looks, the way you lead the company. But yeah, I find that really fascinating. Thanks. Yeah, no, I think I was scared shitless is like the least I could say because I have big shoes to fill and I've been around impressive people my whole life. So I couldn't do anything minor because I was like, well, I'm never going to impress my mom, my mom's friends, you know, all her like you got to step it up. And that can be really, really scary and hold you back for a long time like it did me. Tell me about when you did finally get into it and not only find your way as a leader of the company, but also your own unique makeup style, which is something you've really showcased on your socials. Oh, thanks. Well, I think that my gift is really understanding color, but also understanding formulations. It totally made sense because I was like, oh my God, no wonder. I loved chemistry. That's what I loved when I was a kid. I liked playing with the chemistry set. And I was like, duh, this is what it was all about all this time. Not to have like some boring job that I figured it would be. And it just clicked to do what you love and something that kind of feels like art and is creativity, but also as a business is really, I feel really privileged for that. I'm so happy and forever grateful. Like I feel like I couldn't have asked for anything better. I think my own style is kind of something that I've curated over the years. I think it's just really the way I like to express myself. I would say that growing up again in LA and being around all these famous people, I noticed that I'm not like your typical Hollywood look. So I said, my mom is like the ballsiest person you'll ever meet. The gall on this woman and I do not have her like stamina. Like she'll literally, she goes up to like the biggest restaurant, let's say five-star restaurant, it's fully booked. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Like if you tell me you're booked, I'll walk away. Like, okay, sorry to bother you. My mom is standing right there. She'll heckle the girl. She'll be like, come on, I do eyebrows. Let me give you some eyebrow. Pro-. And she will get in. I used to be so embarrassed. I used to be like, oh my God. And she wasn't like, she's not doing it negatively, but the pushiness is like inspiring, right? So I didn't have that. But my mom would always tell me, she's like, if you want something, you got to push for it. You got to be aggressive. You got to get it. You got to make friends. You got to get out there. So I was like, okay, well, I don't have the conventional beauty. You know, I'm competing against all these people. I need to create my persona so I can stand out. 
that's how I found my niche of like, hey, it's me, you know, because I said, I know all my mom's friends, or I know all her clients, I know all these supermodels, I'm never going to walk into the room and compete with these girls, but I can walk into the room and I will get some attention because I'm me. So that's kind of the persona that I created for myself a long time ago, so I can feel confident in a room full of not just Hollywood people, but a makeup beauty convention. Have you ever walked into one of those? My God, it's like the Oscars <laughs> of makeup. Wild. If you could describe the Novena aesthetic, what would it be? Yes, it's Disney drag. I am oh, Disney drag. Boom. Wow. <laughs> that is so perfect yeah. too. The description is spot on. Tinkerbell was a drag queen. It'd be me, literally. That's what I am. Amazing. And I think... All of us would love to embrace our inner Disney drag princess. But I think the thing is so many of us feel very scared about dramatic makeup and either afraid that it's all going to be too much or that it'll just be a big mess. So totally. help us out. Where can we start if we all want to be a little bit more Novena, a little bit more of that inside of us? Where do you start to try and tell someone, hey, you can do this too? I mean, obviously to do the hair like me 24 seven, it's a big commitment. I don't think it's for everyone. And just because I wear it doesn't mean I think like, oh, the whole world should be doing their makeup like this. I don't necessarily think that. I think it's so beautiful to do a natural look. I think that if you want to experiment, I always say the first place you need to start experimenting is with your wardrobe. And I'll tell you why. If you're not comfortable wearing a bright pink dress color, you're never going to feel comfortable with it painted on your face or in your hair. So like baby steps, right? Like start with the shoe, then the bag, then the outfit. If you feel comfortable being really colorful, entering a place and getting all that attention, because the minute you wear color, people comment. I don't know if you'll ever notice that, but you wear a bright pink, anything, lavender, et cetera, yellow. People are going to comment. They're going to want to have a conversation about it, however small. So you have to be ready for that. And if you are, fantastic. Then the next step, I think you can go with a little bit of color. I, th I always say this is like the safest way to dip into color is just to play with bright color underneath your lower lash line. Like that's the way of like dipping your toes into color without scaring yourself. Let's talk products and tools then for that. So if you are going to do that, what do you need to have this first dip into color? I feel like it's like baby steps into color. No, totally. You literally need a small tapered brush. It's a very small, flat brush, so nothing fluffy, because if you do fluffy, you'll have it all over your lower eyelid. You don't want that. Just a small taper brush. You dip it into the shadow, and then just along the lower lash line, you just smudge that color out, look back, put a little bit of eyeliner in your waterline, and it'll give you that pop of color, that confidence, you know, add some mascara, and you're going to be like, okay, I can do this. On the color, what do you look for when you're trying to choose one that's going to really stand out? I know so many formulations are kind of designed to blend in and step back, but how do you look for one that's going to pop? So color is always a personal choice. But for instance, part of the reason why I started dyeing my hair purple a long time ago is I color correct myself. So I have a unique skin tone in the sense that it's got a greenish hue to it. And I know nobody believes me, but if I were to wear my natural hair color, it'd be like, oh my God, you really are green. And I'd be like, yep. So I wore purple because it cancels out green and it automatically color corrects me. It brightens me. It like lifts me up pink with a little bit of a purple undertone does the same thing as well. And I kind of stay in that lane. Um, so whenever you're picking a color, you want to pick a color that is complementary to you. Like for instance, a color that I, I wear, but isn't as complimentary on me as it would be on you is teal. You would look absolutely gorgeous in all shades of green, in particular, anything that has a slight blue tint to it, it would brighten you up and it would draw so much attention to your face. 
Amazing. Oh, I'm going to take that little personal tip. Thank you. Thinking about eye makeup, I feel like this is a spot where there is a lot of dramatic license to go big with high drama. We talked about a very simple way to do it, but what about something a bit bigger, but still for beginners? (laughs) Is there a formula that they could follow to create a very dramatic eye look? Walk us through it. The thing is, I know that everybody wants like a one, two, three for a dramatic eye look, but here's what I always say, and I'm going to pick up the palette to show you what I'm talking about. This is a lot of color, right? And if you don't have some, a little bit of skill in understanding how to place an eyeshadow and how to blend it out, and especially how to layer and blend really bright pigments together, the chances of creating an absolute mess is really, really high. Then you're going to hate it. You're going to get scared and you're going to want to take it all off and start over again. So if we're really talking beginners, I think it's really safe to go under the lower lid, maybe put some glitter all over the lid or some pressed shimmer shadow that has some color that doesn't require a lot of skill. But when you're talking about building something like a cut crease or something that is smoky, there is some technique involved and pigments are a lot harder to work with than your standard like a neutral shadow because that even if you mess up you can kind of smudge all the colors together and it works but with pigments once you lay them together they can get muddy they can start to get patchy so it's better to lay the colors down but I think if you do a little bit of glitter all over the lid and maybe even try to bring that from the lower lash line bring it some into the outer corner and smoke it out slightly and keep it along the lash line for a beginner I think you can get something really beautiful without intimidating yourself and creating perhaps too much and then not knowing how to like step back. That's a great starting point for particularly for someone who's not confident with the layering, with the crease, blending, shading. But you touched on glitter and I wondered how you could start to use some of those little extra details, whether it's lashes, whether it's stick-ons. What do you think? How can you use these to really quickly elevate to a dramatic eye look? Absolutely. Like for instance, if I have something in like 10 minutes, there's not going to be time to do a whole look, right? So I would take like this beautiful white iridescent. It's the most like beautiful color. And I would literally just pop it all over my lid, starting on the inner corner. And then I do a little bit of a black kind of cat eye and then pop some lashes. And then I would put a little bit of the glitter along my highlights. And then that would just kind of immediately gives you a little bit of a fun pop, put some blush on and you're cute. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favorite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. How can adding those accents, again, you know, we're talking about going too far. How can you add the glitter, the shine, the stick-ons without it being too much? Is there any point where you can look at and go, that's it. Stop. Stop right there. Totally. So start, like I said, 
inner corner to like the middle of the eye. Don't go all the way back. That's a lot. And especially if you have like a hooded lid, then it could start to really crease and get in there, but just keep it to the front. Then do the lower lash line, a little bit of color, and then only keep the glitter. If you're going to add it to the highest point of your cheeks, don't add it like blush just a little bit and use your fingers when you do that, because when you use a brush, you could really overdo it and then not know how to step back. So you still have to be very sparing, even though these products you're using are really intense, you have to be quite strategic with where you're putting them and how much. Totally. Like, I don't want to set you up for failure. Like, if you're really going to try this, like, I don't want you to do it and then hate it and be like, I'm never doing this again. This is too much. So I'd rather tell you to do less than you would anticipate. And then you might try more next time than just throw you at the deep end of the pool. And then you're like, okay, I hate this. Never again. Speaking of failure, though, do you ever make mistakes with your eyes? Yeah, of course. Totally. All the time. I have like what I call ugly days where nothing works. Like no matter what I try, my eyeliner's crooked. Nothing's. I get really annoyed. I get frustrated and just nothing is working out. And then I have days when everything is beautiful. And it's just, I think it's like a state of mind. If I don't plan out the look, I end up picking it apart and hating it. So it happens <laughs> more often than not. Again, that makes me feel much better. But how do you start correcting it when it goes wrong? Do you have little tricks? You're like, okay, this is my get out of jail free card. I can fix it by using this, anything at all. So like we have an eye primer and it's very thick. It's a thick white eye primer. It's especially amazing for laying down pigments and really making them pop, but it's literally like varnish. So you could put that on top and kind of start over where you make mistakes. And the key is we use little brushes. So like with pigments, a lot of people think they have to do what they do with their normal neutral palette and they get a lot of the fluffy brushes out. Don't do that. Use little small brushes and use a lot of the packing technique. Amazing. Let's shift it over to lips because bold lips is another look that we've seen so often from you. What are your tips, first of all, for making a really impactful statement lip color? I don't like to do too much at once. So if you have a really bright, super colorful eye, go more neutral with the lip. Otherwise, you could just be too much, right? If you're planning to do, for instance, I love a dark lip, like I love a dark purplish lip. I love a dark plum lip. I even love black. But if you're going to do that, keep the eye fairly neutral or monochromatic. So it's not overwhelming and then just looks like you kind of threw everything in. So always lead with one. It's either going to be lip or it's going to be eye. It can't be both. That's such a good starting point. And I think if Novena is telling us, that is the absolute truth because it's like there is such thing as too far. You just have to pick your battle. You got to go lips or you got to go eyes. You know, believe it or not, I think I'm pretty like toned down and natural. <laughs> 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 Let's see how delusional I am. <laughs> Let's talk about creating the dramatic lips. What tools, products, what do you need on hand to make it happen and make it really big? Literally nothing more. Do you just need lip liner or if you're doing like black, you need an eyeliner and then whatever product you choose to put on top. If you want to add glitter, you can, but it can get really annoying. So I don't suggest it all the time. Sometimes I would suggest like a shimmer, like a dual chrome shadow to add on top to give it some dimension, but it could end up looking like weird 80s frosted lip really fast. So just be careful. Better to keep it matte because what you don't want to do is feather like a vinyl hot pink color and then just have it all over your face. You know, I, I prefer to keep it matte. That way it stays consistent. It stays in place and it doesn't 
feather too bad. It's an interesting point with the lips because with the eyes you can create this whole amazing masterpiece and then you go on your merry way and there's not really anything that's going to get in the way. But with your lips, you're going to be having a drink maybe, you're going to be talking. So how do you keep it in place and keep it up? I think that's sometimes the thing with a bold lip that you feel like, oh, so much maintenance. (laughs) So I think one of the keys to keeping your lip in place is if you use a lip liner or an eyeliner, put it all over your lip like not just the border, put it all over your lip. That'll create a nice base that will stay way better. And then use like a liquid lipstick or a matte lipstick or whatever you intend to put on top over it. So even though as you're eating or drinking it off, the matte lip will remain. But definitely I do suggest taking something with you in your bag or wherever you go because you're going to need a touch up. And the other thing I love about your makeup looks is you go outside the box. Do you sometimes put color on your decolletage or on your cheeks or other details. How do you even get the inspiration to do something like that, to go beyond the norm of what everyone else would do in beauty? It comes down to what look am I creating? So it's like head to toe, especially if I'm doing a campaign. So it's like, okay, what's the story that I'm telling? Am I futuristic? Am I, you know, in a dance number? What's my outfit? What are the colors of my wigs? And then I try to create some harmony. So everything kind of makes sense. I love sci-fi. I would love to be an AI one day. (laughs) So I think of anything that I'm like, how can I make myself just look like I'm a futuristic robot baddie. Like that's my goal. That's like my ultimate. So I'm like, that's me just getting to that point somewhere along the way. That's what I end up with every time. In terms of everyday looks for us regular people, how can we go about getting some of those futuristic robot vibes into our looks? I mean, buy a wig. You know what I mean? Everyone should own a wig. I own 50. So I think a wig is like a cape. It will literally make you feel like a superhero and you become a different person. The minute I do a shoot and I wear a lot of wigs during my shoots because I'm not going to change hair color in the middle of a shoot and like go from pink to blue. Like that's literally impossible. I utilize them quite a bit when I'm doing a shoot so I can do three, four looks in a day that are totally different. But you'd be surprised how much fun you would have going out if you got like a pink wig. I think it will be so surprising to you how much fun you would have going out in a pink wig because it would you would feel like a different person. It's like you're a superhero cape and you would just live kind of like a little bit of that childlike wonder. You would have so much more fun. There's something freeing about pink hair, for instance, but I wouldn't say, oh, go dye your hair pink, but try it once in a while with the wig. We've talked so much about putting makeup on today, but I have to know, how do you take your makeup off? Because I suspect you're pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at it. So I have a technique when I wear a lot of makeup, especially for a shoot, I have a lot of paint or whatever. Sometimes even on my body, I use like um, oil-based balm that's like really, really strong. And I don't do it. I put my hair up and I get in the shower. And I do that in the shower with hot water that I can just douse my whole head in it, literally. Because trying to like do the wipes and then wash it, it's going to be such a long process. And I need to literally melt. The only thing I end up doing afterwards is I sit there with tons of little Q-tips and like I use the balm to get all the glue out of my lash line because that could be a major irritant if you just keep glue packing there, you know, like got to clean that out real well. You're known for doing these big, dramatic looks, but do you ever have days where you just don't want to put any makeup on? Yes, absolutely. Almost 
every day that I'm working and I'm not doing campaigns or I'm not doing a look, I don't wear makeup because part of my job is I make makeup and I test makeup. So I have something coming in every day or definitely every week. I have a full tray on my desk of new makeup or makeup that is a new production batch that I have to test. And I literally test things by putting them on. There's so many times that I'm sitting there and I've got like one eye done and my team is so desensitized. They'll sit there through a whole meeting with me. And I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me I have wing liner on one eye? And they don't say anything. And this is like constant in my life. Do you ever want to do like a really nude or neutral look? Does that ever happen? No. (laughs) That, no. I mean, I think so. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, girl, I need the drama. Like for me, it's like going on stage. Like I am ready. Like persona comes on. I, I just, you know, I turn up. So I need to go full on. I will do neutral colors, but I always bring some drama to it because I, I just can't go too soft because then I'm like, mm, it's not enough. I need more. Novena, it has been such a pleasure to get to know you. And thanks for letting us in on some of your high drama makeup secrets. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. And you have to let me know if you get a pink wig and if you try teal liner. Also, while I have you, I wanted to share some news with you. Mamma Mia is doing an online expert-led summit on perimenopause. So if you want some expert advice from the people who really know perimenopause, you can join Mamma Mia's Very Peri Summit. Over two nights, some of the world's top peri experts will cover everything from what exactly perimenopause is to what it does to our bodies and how to manage your symptoms. And I'll be there too, chatting to some of the experts. It's streaming online on May 3rd and 4th, and it's available to catch up on demand. Go to www.veryperrysummit.com to get your ticket or gift one to a Perry friend. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Shazzy Hunt. Our producer is Michaela Floriano. And remember, a new episode of UBD drops every single weekday because we know there's no such thing as too much beauty content. Speak to you next time.